Hello, one and all. Welcome to the Sound Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Kate Faust, singer, songwriter, musician, producer, spiritual mentor, and proprietor of the Sound Spirit School of Creative Alchemy. We're a community of creative people who are on a spiritual path, who are committed to healing, learning, alchemizing, which is what I think most creative people do is we take, which essentially I believe all beings are creative. But those of us who have been tasked with the vocation of living in this world and carrying our art through, birthing our art through, being in the world in this specific way as artists, musicians, writers, filmmakers, visual artists, um, t- textile artists, um, activists, spiritual teachers, healers, energy workers. There's so many. And you know who you are. And I see you, first of all. I see you. And I'm so glad that you decided to call answer the call of your heart and I know how difficult it can be because I'm currently doing it and I've been doing it for the past I guess around the time I was 15 is when I knew that I was really committed and I'm 32 now so just take that in you know and I'm going to keep doing it and the reason that I'm wanting to talk with you about this in particular is because um, I feel like I've reached a turning point spiritually Um, and also you know in Sound Spirit we gather every full moon which was something that I had I've never done before but when I started this community I was like I want to root us to the lunar cycle which is a very feminine creative cycle, but it's a cycle of the earth, you know? And on this past full moon was November 29th, was a few days before my solar return. My birthday was on December 2nd. Um, And it was the full moon lunar eclipse in Gemini, which there's a video up on the Sound Spirit YouTube channel of me and drifter shapeshifter Jesse Nelson talking about Sag season and talking a little bit about the eclipse energies but um one of the big things is that we haven't had this kind of eclipse in Gemini this lunar eclipse since about I think it was 2011 or 2012 so nearly 10 years since we've you know seen this particular energy in the heavens and eclipse energies are very powerful and this month, this final month of 2020, this Sagittarius season of 2020 is very powerful. It's very impactful. It's very auspicious. It's filled with choice points. There's another solar return coming up on December 24th. There's just so much happening. And I think, you know, we think, we often think, but I think especially because 2020 was such a huge year for so many reasons, I think some of us are still clinging to this idea that, you know, the clock's going to strike 1201, the calendar's going to change to 2021, and, you know, miraculously the energy will just change. Um, I don't think that's the case, but I do think right now we are being invited to feel the support and the momentum that's available to us 
as we look at our belief systems, but particularly I want to speak to our relationship with our creative work. Because what ended up coming up for me, which was so interesting, so I'll kind of give you a personal kind of background with, I think, the beautiful confluence that brought me to this moment that I'm in that I really want to share with you all because I believe that there's a version of me that need need needed to hear that these words that I now have to give and, and these genuine, authentic feelings about my life and my work that I've been struggling to find. And um, so I want to say um, <laughs> I was getting ready to celebrate my solar return and I knew that I needed to go to a place by myself I needed to go to a retreat and I realized I had never really traveled by myself I had never really gone anywhere by myself and I was conflicted because I had started recording my song it can be spring and I uh, was very you know, I thought that I was just going to release like the piano version of it. But after my friend Tim, who's uh, recorded and is going to be producing the the final version of it, we sat down and we were like, this is a really powerful song. And it's very much needed at this time. Um, it's a song of healing. It's a song of transcendence. And we were like, this needs strings. This needs a visual. This This needs to have several ways that it can live with people and it needs to to be done in this way um and so I was sort of naively not sure how much it would cost and if you're a musician or a creative person you know that feeling of like how many favors can I call in especially in a year like 2020 where I can't just go like book a gig and make some extra money right it's tough I get it And my best sister friend, Tempest, was like, and then I felt like guilty. I was like, okay, so I'm going to spend some money to go on this solo, like, two-night retreat in Topanga and just have, like, my solo Airbnb stay when I should be putting that into my creative work. But even if I did, that doesn't really get me where I need to be anyway. And so I felt sort of like, again, this this hot kind of shame sense of powerlessness and failure and confusion and the feeling I posted about this on my Instagram of like why did God give me these gifts and no way to share them you know why did the you know why do I have to be so committed to making this music that you know people seem to don't don't get in the mainstream and you know, the irony is that like even musicians that I would think of as successful friends of mine who are like touring and, and playing in like really like literally right now Grammy nominated bands are struggling like and they were struggling before 2020. You know, um, that's the, the way the industry is now to 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 be able to stay afloat. The the it's, it's, you would be surprised. You know, I think you would naively assume that anybody who's associated with this certain level of success or fame is, is doing okay. And, um, the answer is, is, uh, no, not necessarily what you think, you know, that band that you like to go see on tour, you know, when those, the majority of those dudes, especially if they don't have songwriting rights, if they're not on tour, um, they're doing Uber, you know, (laughs) like they're teaching lessons, they're, 
it so you know i that kind of dropped my sense of illusion too of like well if i just get to a certain point then i won't have to make these certain choices and this not i i don't know something cracked for me where i was like the game is kind of dissolved and the fact is in order to even get to that certain point you have to get to a certain point to be considered to be plucked up by you know certain people of certain echelons right and there are exceptions to that so let me just say i'm not here to i'm never here to tell people what it is because i think especially with creative industries it's such an upheaval people are always like well this is how the industry is this is what this is it's wide open you have to get clear as a creative person and an artist like what you know works for you what opens up for you right like you have to be clear about what you can and can't stomach in terms of selling your soul or not having control of certain things like it's different for different people and I don't I used to judge people about that and it's just fuck it do what you got to do do what you know is right for you right so I'm sitting with this choice and I'm feeling so shitty about it and my sis is like why don't you just see if you can get a GoFundMe together for your song and I was like oh my god what I'm a failure if I have to ask for help people are struggling right now this is blah 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 da, 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 da. and she's like well I mean you can just ask the worst that's happened is that nobody does it and you're back where you started or you could ask and you could get what you need and you know take care of yourself in the way you need to with this retreat <clears throat> and uh, release the work that is not only going to benefit you, you know, again, for, you know, by, you know, having more work to promote and put out there and share and market, but it's also for me, like it's a healing offering to give to others. And so I did, I, on my birthday, I launched a little tiny GoFundMe campaign asking for a very small amount of money. And within 48 hours, I had received almost double of that. And... It brought me back, ironically, to a, almost 10 years ago when I did a Kickstarter to fund my first solo EP release called Crucial Companion. And I am going to, right now, play you a little bit of a song called Heartbeat from that album so you can hear what I created with the money that supporters gave to me and just like how special that was. So this is Heartbeat from my EP called Crucial Companion. Big love 
hope you enjoyed that clip of my song Heartbeat. You can stream that on all streaming platforms. The link will be below. And if you're a member of my Patreon community, my Patreon community, I am working on getting together like an archive, a downloadable archive of my past work so that you just have you just have it. If you're if you're stepping up to support me each month, you should you should have you should have some of my work. You should have the archive and um, you should know that you're a part of my life and you're a part of my journey. And so, um, yeah, that's that's what you can do in terms of also accessing my work and not only just idly streaming it where I would get like a, you know, embarrassingly small percentage of that stream, but you can not only enjoy it, you can ha own it, you know, download it and support me in the process. Um, you know, I remember doing the Kickstarter and I was so embarrassed to do that because again, I think there's a lot of shame around um, asking for help, but also like in the industry, the paradigm of the industry is such, and I was talking to my friend today about this, who's a filmmaker and we were both reflecting, we're both in our thirties and we were both like, so the music industry has, and the film industry in our short lifetime from the age of zero to 32 has completely changed. I mean, think about what it was like in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, even in the 2010, in the, in the aughts till now, right? So like, you know, some of the stories that we have about how this, this career path looks are based on paradigms that aren't existing anymore, or if they are, the margins of those paradigms are so much greater. Like, like that paradigm is reserved for way fewer people now than it was before. However, the creation of new paradigms is really kind of anyone's game. And, um, but I think the, that why there's a number of reasons why there can be resistance and shame to it, which actually aren't rooted in like the music industry itself. They're rooted in cultural, um, norms and cultural understandings of what is work, what has value, who is more valuable, what kind of work ennobles us or you know there's people have all kinds of chips on their shoulders and I came from a working class slash middle class rural area and I come from people who just equate I'll say work with suffering and being taken advantage of and being disrespected and doing something you hate and sacrificing and sacrificing. Um, you know, uh, I was having a conversation with my mom because I've been doing a lot of ancestral healing work and we were just talking about our relationship to work. And she was like, she told me that her father, my grandfather dropped her off at her first day of work, like at a restaurant when she was like 14 and said, you know, from now on to the rest of your life, you're just going to eat shit and pay taxes. And she, you know, proudly said to me over the phone that, and he was right. 
And I remember being like, hearing her say that and being like, you know what? I hear you and I respect you and I'm grateful for the sacrifices you made and the work that you've done and the way that you and dad and our grandparents and everybody have helped our family, you know, stay afloat. And I honor that. And I just said to her, but that is not acceptable to me. Um, it's not acceptable to me. And there's, I think there's also some shame around that. And I'll, I'll also unpack that because what I realized for me is like, part of me what felt like, okay, if I, if I say, if I'm the first in my bloodline to be like eating shit and paying taxes till you die, getting disrespected, devalued, and doing things you hate every day and coming home and complaining about them every day and getting sick and injured because of stress from work, like, ew. am I saying because that's not acceptable to me, am I somehow saying that I'm better than those folks? that are that I somehow deserve something different or better than they do um you know because I think sometimes if when you come from those environments and you make a different choice people can feel like oh you think you're so much better than us that you don't have to suffer the way we do blah, blah, blah. and I understand that line of thinking because I have felt that way about people who had enough self-worth to choose things that I was still in too much pain and and too much conditioning to choose. Um, But what I've understood about myself, about the voice within me that says, I can't accept this, this is not acceptable. That's the same reaction that I had when my therapist was like, well, you have, you know, PTSD and anxiety disorder. And I remember being relieved, number one, because I had been thinking that I was pretty fucked up. And so it was a relief to get confirmation that I'm not just crazy. I'm not making this up. Like I'm experiencing this and my body's experiencing this. And it's a documented thing that people who've been through the things I've been through experience. Right. But then there came a point where I was like, wait, so like, so what do I do? So I'm just managing this immense suffering for the rest of my life. I'm just kind of floating by and surviving and just, you know, never getting too far out of my comfort zone or this, that, or the third. I'm just managing this unbearable pain in my body. That's unacceptable to me, right? And it wasn't, again, it wasn't because I was like, I'm better than this. It was just like, what I've realized is that's the voice of like my authenticity and my power And it's a voice that every person has and it makes different proclamations. Like that's the voice of my soul. Like that's the voice that's like, you know, I can't, that's the voice that was like, I can't stay in a relationship that's so far out of my integrity, even if it does help me get certain needs met. I can't, you know, like, and maybe, um, you know, people would be like, oh, you think you're too good to compromise this and that. I remember you know, um, when I had a chance to make an, an EP, which I did release of music, uh, for sync that I really hated. I wasn't proud of, but I thought that I needed to do it cause it would get me money that I hoped then I could put into projects I wanted. 
and it was like soul crushing and I hated it. And I remember the person I was dating at the time was like, you think you're better than everybody else that you could just come to Los Angeles and just get to do whatever you want, that you don't have to bend to the industry, that you don't have to blah, blah, blah. And I remember crying and being like, I don't know. I, I, I'm sensitive. Like I, I can't just do this. Like I'm, I didn't know how to articulate it. Um, and I realized that it was like definitely some resentment that he was throwing at me. And I know now never to surround myself with people that hear my authenticity and my power and want to tear it away from me or tear me down for it. You know, what I needed was hopefully the voice that I'm sharing with you right now of who I am to say like, it's not that you are better than anyone else. It's that your tolerance for being someone you're not is just higher at this moment in time. And hopefully that person, I trust that whatever they choose in their journey is what they need, you know, to learn on a soul level. And what I, the call of my soul is, is oftentimes like, it's the call that just says like, this is not happening. I can't do this, you know? And, you know, I hear what you're saying. Um, like I hear that this is how it's been for our family and how it's been for you. And I honor that, but I am, that is not for me. It's never been for me. And, you know, like that's not my zone of excellence. That's not where I'm giving to the world the gifts that I have and I'm serving my purpose. And perhaps it is a privilege to be able to live and serve your purpose. I would like to live in a world where that's not the case, you know, where it's not a, you know, a special privilege reserved for the few for people to do what is their soul God-given purpose. And that actually it's welcomed, it's supported because it enriches everyone in the process, right? Another piece of that shame is something that Amanda Palmer uh, brings up in her TED Talk uh, about the art of asking. And I have yet to read her book, The Art of Asking, but I'm going to order it tonight from Amazon or from an indie book dealer um, <laughs> because she really hit the nail on the head for me. And it's so funny because when I was a kid, I was such a fan of the Dresden Dolls. She, watching her like just rock out on the electric keyboard and not play all these fancy solos or things like just play the keyboard like it was like a punk rock guitar I mean that just gave me permission and she doing her Patreon and doing what she's done is giving me permission to do the same and in my own way and, and I hope that this conversation if it's resonating with you is giving you permission to radically reevaluate what you believe about your creative work, what you believe about what's possible in the industry, what you believe work and value and art and the world can hold for you. And, you know, for me, like, I also realize that part of what I'm doing is like, I'm, I'm going to be a living permission slip for other people. I already am doing it and I'm going to continue to be a living permission slip. The sound spirit is a living permission slip for creative people to heal themselves and step into their fucking power. You know, like 
so um but she she uh so artfully speaks of this in her ted talk and i'll link that in the description of this podcast one of the shameful things is that you know if people are paying you for your work um and you're asking them she talked about how she used to be a painted bride and she would stand on the street and she was basically like a performance artist and people would leave tips and she'd give them a flower or like a pose or a glance and every now and then someone would shout out of their car get a real job you know and it was when when she said that it just it just went through me because there were so many times where I remember my brother telling me to get a real job I felt like my parents I don't know if they ever came out and say it said it but in so many ways they were sort of like insinuating that like oh yeah this isn't working because it's not a real job when actually like what is a real job (laughs) and you know is the labor and the work that I do creating my music any less laborious than anyone does to do anything like in if anything it's taken me a ton of practice and time to be able to do what I do um and I'm again I'm not here to like act like you know, that what I do is more important than someone who's working at a grocery store during a pandemic or someone who's working in an emergency room. No, but, you know, I made this quote a while ago, creative work is essential, essential work because we need, we need jobs and folks that sustain our world, but we also need creative people to help evolve our world. support the heart and soul of our world and you know if we're just surviving you know that's good but art music imagination creativity healing spirituality and ascension this is what makes life worth living this is what heals generations you know how is that not essential at in 2020 (laughs) You know, I'm not putting them in order. I'm not putting them in a hierarchy, but they all belong. They are all essential. And so, you know, this got me thinking, you know, is the shame that I felt for doing my GoFundMe that, you know, go get a real job or opening up my Patreon and saying, you know, I'm creating music, but we right now we live in a world where you're not going to buy my records or if you are there's a fraction of the cost of what goes into them the label system now I can't even play show like all the things like Amanda Palmer says you know instead of figuring out how to get people to pay for your work maybe we could ask them you know and I'm not saying that I know what is right but I am really interested in what does sustaining abundance in a creative path look like? What does radical authenticity and power in our creative work look like? You know, there are so few models for it, and that's unfortunate. I think in the creative realm, we feel like we have to stunt and act like we're doing this, that, and the third and chase clout, and that's fine. There is a place, a time, for a season for that. I'm not I'm not, judge, not judging anyone anymore for their clout, for their success, whatever. 
it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't make me feel small. It also doesn't really inspire me either. It's just, I understand that that's just part of the deal. But, you know, as I'm, you know, now way surpassed my funding goal and I can't wait to get in the studio to create It Can Be Spring and offer that in the new year and really go more deeply into launching my Patreon community, offering up more of these podcasts, doing more of the work of Sound Spirit, just really like creating more music, just everything. I've been doing that, you know, scouring of that eclipse energy of the past 10 years, and I'm just falling back in love with my own music catalog. And sometimes I would listen to some of my music that I put out. Um, I'll use Crucial Companion for an example, because that's what you guys, you know, talked about. And I had just started using Ableton at that point. I had just started producing my own music. I remember feeling super indebted to every single person that donated to my Kickstarter. Like, I felt like I owed everyone. And anytime anyone did something kind for me in my career, I felt that I owed them. Even my friend Herman, who directed uh, several of my music videos and some of them for free, he just offered to do them. And I remember feeling horrible about that for like years. Like I always owed him something, even though like he offered. And I remember he texted me a few months ago and just said something so sweet, just like, it's been such a privilege working with you. Our work together is some of my proudest work. And I just cried and I never thought that like, I was like, like, oh, like he offered to do this work with me, for me, because he was touched by my music and by me. And so he offered to give me something. It just gets me emotional. You know, like I was judging my work. I was judging myself and my worth on a paradigm that like, is not even aligned with what I'm here to do and create. And so I was missing out on the grace and the kindness that was being bestowed to me this whole time. And, you know, when I went to the cabin in Topanga to stay for my birthday, I just couldn't stop crying. Um, and I felt pain just welling up in my body, like leaving my body, like stress that I had been holding on to. And I realized like I had just been a whole, like just judging myself and berating myself and feeling ashamed of myself for what? And again, wondering why did God give me this gift with, and, 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 you know, but I, no way to share it with people and this, that, and the third. And it was like, no, I always had a way this whole time. But it's a way that takes me out of my comfort zone. It's a paradigm that I don't even fully understand that I'm being asked to step into. And I'm one of many. And I don't even fully know what it looks like, but I know that I'm stepping into it and I'm not going back. Something shifted in me. Something was like, people do want what I have to give. And, you know, so many industry people, I mean, like most of them never even would return an email or a call from me or someone affiliated with me. The few people who did earlier on in my career sort of were like, I'm not even going to get into it because it'll make me upset to talk about it. Um, Because in the end, I'm grateful. Like, I have the chance 
to continue to create work that comes from my heart, to connect with people who want to support me, and to ask them to, without any shame. Asking people is not forcing them to do anything. You know, um, there's such a like stigma around taking help when you need it. You know, so many people needing benefits this year. Like, you know, like, what is this? Does, does suffering needlessly, shaming yourself continuously, shaming yourself into survival mode and out of your destiny, is that what makes you noble? And let me tell you, these big hotshot musicians you see, it seems like they're doing it on their own. <laughs> they all have a team of at least five to 10 to 20 people completely. Like it's all a team, all a team. And it doesn't get marketed that way, but it's all a team. The hits that you hear on the radio, they got, <laughs> hell, they got like five to 10 just songwriters, let alone producer credits, you know? And that's not a diss, but that's just to say, like, none of us do this shit alone, whether we're making art or we're just fucking being alive, you know, in America in 2020, you know? So I, I, I invite you, um, if you're hearing this podcast, share your work with me. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Kate Faust. Um, I put out a challenge on my Instagram post today to just tag me in your work. I'd love to listen to it. I'd love to share it with my community if it resonates. And I'd love to know like what your journey's been. Feel free to share it with me. Like I'm, I want to be available in this way. And, um, I'm curious about what your journey has been like. And uh, I hope that this talk has inspired you. Um, again, it's not like a specific topic and it's a little more personal, but like, I can't, like, I'm start, I, I, like, I'm ready to create uh, It Can Be Spring and fully launch my Patreon and continue more of these offerings. And I, now I'm like, I don't know what happened, but like, I feel really proud about asking for support because I think that I deserve it. Um, again, not because I'm better or worse than anyone, but because I believe in the work that I'm doing and I, and I believe in the music I'm creating and I'm falling back in love with it. And uh, it's just like, I'm falling back in love with, with life and with myself and with this world that I get to wake up every day breathing healthy and I can play music and I can share my message with someone and I can't wait to build a Patreon community. I can't wait to meet you all. I can't wait to see what I can create with support, like to have actual resources to create. What a blessing. And to just be able to create it and give it to people. What a fucking blessing. I don't have to wonder who's watching or what fucking playlist it's going to get on. It's going to you. It's going to you. And that's where it belongs. And if it reaches more people, great. If it doesn't, we'll keep moving. It might reach more people five years from now. 
You know, your music, your art goes so far beyond just the moment when you get to have your little publicity buzz. It lives on. It will live on even when you're gone. I realized that. I was like, the work I'm doing and creating is I'm building a legacy. And again, it's not out of, uh, you know, I'm better than you or I'm this. It's just like, this is what I came to do and I'm doing it. And I want to invite people to be with me. I want to be in community with people. I want to know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, what's affecting you, how you're like, if you are a part of my Patreon community, and you're a part of my life. Of course, there are appropriate boundaries, right? Of course, but like, like, I just am thinking about how wonderful it will feel to connect with people and share my work with them and hope that they're positively affected by it and to know that I will be able to do that in my own power and authenticity with with support with inspiration from community like I I'm like I just can't wait to meet y'all you know <laughs> like and I can't wait to meet what can be created from that energy and that is um, what a blessing. So I'm going to leave you guys with another song. Um, I think I'm going to share this song from, yeah, I think I'm going to share another song from uh, a Crucial Companion. And it's called Bring on the Healing. And um, so if you're a creative person, that's been suffering, shaming yourself, wondering what the fuck is the point, in survival mode, at your wit's end, feeling like, what does it even matter? I couldn't even play a show in 2020. All those things, this one's for you. I love you. I see you. I've been there 10 million times. And I, and you know, if I end up in that headspace again, then I'll have to listen to this talk from myself, <laughs> you know, so this is for you. And this is for all the versions of myself that weren't at this level of love and worthiness and realization yet. And all the parts of myself that when I forget, I'm going to remember. So remember to like and subscribe. Um, please check out my offerings on Patreon to support my work. Check me out on all your streaming platforms and share this with any creative artist or person you know who needs a reminder to keep walking, keep going one foot in front of the other. You can do this. You are doing it. And most likely you've been doing it. All right. Peace. And I wonder I change the sheets and I rearrange the furniture As I make room for all these new feelings I have to sing just to bring on the healing
Don't you 